Matic. Becky, great ball in. Ellen White for Manchester City. Welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma, thanks for listening. On this week's show we'll be joined by Dave from the OSC and we'll be recapping on our head-to-head against Chelsea last week in the Women's Super League. We'll also be discussing all the latest news to come out of the club and looking ahead to the weekend as we welcome Birmingham City to the Academy Stadium. Hi Dave, how are you? Hi Emma, nice to talk to you, I'm fine, thank you. Very good. Here to obviously recap of the Chelsea game and it's been a while, obviously a little time before it's passed since now and then. How are you feeling about the result now on reflection? Well, on reflection, for the, let's be honest, for the second year running, it was probably the game of the season. Um, fantastic game of football, first and foremost, with two two top sides really going for it. Um, no quarter given, you know, every, everything given by both teams. Great game to watch. Obviously disappointed we didn't win it. Felt we could have won it. Could when we're very close to winning it. What for a world class save right at the end, which you know, real world class. How she even saw that, never mind managed to save it. I mean, even when he showed the slow motion of it, it was still moving so fast, and yet to you know to save it. Um, but yeah, from a city point of view, we, I don't think we could have asked for more. The performance was outstanding um, against the real top side. Yeah, you know, we know we know the quality that Chelsea have got in abundance. Uh, we've seen it before. You know, and, and the quality they can even bring off the bench at times. So, you know, I thought we were excellent. I thought we played a really good game. And towards the end, I thought we were the ones that were looking to win it the most. And you could see that in the celebrations of Chelsea afterwards. Uh, what a big result a draw was for them. And Emma Hayes saying she was glad it was over. Feathers in our cap, really. Two real strong starting 11s as well, which I think shown mm. both intent from, from the managers that, you know, they wanted to go out and get a result in this game. And to be honest, kind of going into the game, I kind of didn't expect it to play out the way we're, we're so used to seeing these two sides play, you know, when they face off against each other, you know, it's, it's always mm. that intense, you know, end-to-end gritty game and it, again it was it was exactly the same but I thought City had real moments in the games where you know we, we sort of reap those missed opportunities again and you know which is frustrating but again it doesn't really reflect on the the performance and the intent and the application that City put into the game it was a really good strong team performance once again. Yeah I mean there were missed chances and there was missed chances by Chelsea as well because Basically, both teams, I think, realised that, you know, fair play to Chelsea. They didn't come and play for a draw. You know, they came to play and play football. You know, you make a mistake against these top sides and they're in. And that's unfortunately what happened, you know, to, for, for the second goal and things like that. But, you know, overall, I don't think we could have asked for more. And the effort and the application second half was outstanding. And we, we, there was chances to win it. There was the save, as I mentioned. There was that one I thought Lucy Bronze had scored late on when they, they looped one into the air and that header that she got ahead to and just you know and I thought for a split second that was going in and it, it didn't so it's it's fine margins against two of the top I mean by far the best two sides in the league as the table shows and it's just such fine margins I mean we've lost one game they've lost one game it's just come down to the fact that so far I think they've drawn one less than us which is 
unbelievable, really, because it, it's such fine margins and a fingertip save as well to, to keep them keep the noses in front. AKB, she's shown such agility and again, it's just showing why she is up there as one of the world's best keepers, you know, in the women's game. A top class keeper. She is a top class keeper and obviously from Birmingham, Chelsea and playing in these big matches and obviously the Champions League at the weekend, again, you know, she is a real asset to that Chelsea side. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had good goalkeepers in the past before her, but since they've got her, I think, you know, they've got the best they could get there, um, you know, at the moment. And I think, like you say, world-class. So, uh, and that, and that it showed, it showed with that say. And Stout, I mean, she saved the penalty against us last year as well in the same fixture. So, a bit of a thorn in our side, really. But this is it. You, you know, you, we, we will look back again and think, oh, if only we'd drawn that, you know, we hadn't drawn that game and we hadn't drawn that game. But we overall, I mean, we've, we've set a record points total. So, we're not doing too much wrong. You know, it's just that Chelsea are, are, are a great side as well. You know, it's neck and neck, really. It's so, so unfortunate. But all we've got to do now is focus on the next two games because we've got to make sure we win. Um, this is what people said to me. Oh, well, you know, Chelsea won't step up. They probably won't, but you never know. And imagine how we feel if they did. If they drop a point somewhere and we don't take advantage of it or something. So we've got two games left against Birmingham, against West Ham. You would fancy City to be favourites to win both those games. So I would think we should go into that and try and get those six points just in case yeah. you know anything else happens I'm sure I'll just be professional about it it's not just about that as well though I mean City you know from obviously the start of the season the transitions that we've obviously made with you know Gareth coming in as manager the players that obviously have come into the squad I think it has been a real transition in terms of the season and I think if we can carry that into next season and obviously look at the areas where we do need to strengthen and if we can build on that, there is absolutely no reason whatsoever why we can't continue to to, to push on and, and hopefully have that success. Well, that's it. I mean, we were, we were claimed that we were having different form at the start of the season. On the fingers of, you could count the, the bad performances on, you know, one or two fingers because... Yeah, I mean, I know we didn't beat Brian at home right at the start and that was two points dropped, but with the chances we had that day, we should have. And we played okay. You know, off, off the top of my head, the, the, the Chelsea away game, I don't think we were at it. I don't think we were at the level we needed to be at to go to Kings Meadow and get something that day. But other than that, you know, the performances have been there. And that would suggest that, you know, 98 goals, I think we've scored across all, all the, you know, all the competitions. You know, clean sheets are plenty as well. So we're not far off. Um, I think it's just fine-tuning. And that's that's quite a lot of credit to a team. Like you say, you've got a new manager. People forget that. It's Gareth's first season as well. So there was a period of um, acclimatisation, probably both ways, for him and the players, just to, just to settle in. And there's quite a lot of new players came in as well. That's all to the credit, really. And hopefully that should add to a more stable um, start to next season. Because the one thing we've we, we learned from this season, you do need to hit the ground running. You need yeah. to get in and get going right from the first kick of the season because every point's crucial. Every single point is crucial. It has been a pleasing season on, ref- on reflection. And obviously in due course, we will look back on obviously the highs and lows of the season. But looking ahead to obviously to Sunday, Birmingham, you know, at home, City really should be able to get this job done and, and get the three points at the academy. Always fancy us at home against anybody, first of all, because we've got such a great home record. 
Um, yeah, so Birmingham will, will be coming as, as massive underdogs, definitely. Um, they drew last night in the Birmingham with Villa in the derby. So they're keeping their heads just above that 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 bottom line, you know, for going down. They're just still in the fight. And, they, you know, they need points just, just to make it, you know, sure for themselves. So they'll be fighting for their lives, as will West Ham in the second, you know, in our other game. So, you know, nothing's a gimme. But as you say, we're at home. You've got to fancy us and we've got to be professional about it and go about our job and make sure we get the three points. And ideally, with quite a lot of goals as well, just in case that comes into play. Because I think we're five goals worse off at the moment than Chelsea. So, you know, we can get that goal difference up over these two games as well with six points and just see what see what that does for us. It can't do us any harm, can it? Birmingham are on a bit of a resurgence at the moment. They're trying to obviously fight for survival in the WSL and, and not doing a too bad a job. I mean, obviously, that late goal in that, that WSL game, like you just mentioned there, I mean, that was a, a, a big result, really, for them to pick up a point. They were doing a great job. Great, 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 uh, great result for them. And, yeah, they've had a tough season, haven't they? I mean, I follow Craig, as you know, you probably know him yourself on Twitter, big Birmingham fan. They've had a tough season. They've had that letter from the players about, the you know, the, the club itself. They were playing games away from their usual home ground and having to play at St George's Park. So you're losing your home advantage and your, your familiar surroundings. So it's not been easy for them at all. And um, as you say, Carla Ward, good manager. Seems, seems to seems to really know what she's doing. Um, you know, come, seems to know what she wants from the team. Um, got them well organised, well drilled. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I, I personally think they will stay up and I think they'll improve next season given a more stable, you know, start to the season as well. So, uh, but yeah, fair, fair play to her. She's done a good job. And again, another team that you can't underestimate, you know, in previous to the game against Villa, they also managed to pick up a point against Reading. Well, that's it. You see, Birmingham, in the past, Birmingham, of course, was trouble uh, in games. When, when, you know, technically they were a better side in those days, but you think back to when Ellen White was up front for them and things like that. And, you know, I remember them beating us 2-0 one year down at Solihull Moors and um, Ellen scoring two goals. They've always been a, it's always been a tough fixture for City, both home and away. I think we've had a couple of close games at the academy where we've just managed to nick it 1-0. Since remember Georgia Stanway scoring a winner one year and we, we, we nicked it 1-0. So they've always been there. They've always been a stubborn team to play against, if you like, sometimes. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Gareth will have had them watched, uh, possibly even last night. And I know what he's going to do and, and fancy, you know, go, go full strength and try and uh, get the points. But, it, you know, it's not a gimme. You've got to earn every game. In terms of team, obviously, the, they've had a really good rest this week. Obviously, with no, no games, they've had a little bit of rest and recovery, which I think will also stand the squad in good stead heading into this one. Yeah, he should have. Um, I don't know about Steph, um, but other than Steph, I would think uh, pretty much everyone else is, is raring to go, aren't they? Like you say, they've had a rest. There's been no other games. I've not heard of any added injuries. Um, so he's got a full strength squad to go out, and they've been playing so well. I think he'll, I think he'll more or less stick with the same sort of team personally um, that played against Chelsea because they played so well. Um, you know, the two wide players just causing havoc terrorising fullbacks and, and creating chances and that's that's it you see so I think City are looking at it that they need to need to win and win heavy it's our best the way you know that's the way we play anyway and it's the best form of defence isn't it attack so uh, it's the way we play we play to win every game so yeah I expect it to be a very similar lineup. to be honest with you I mean it, it was a really strong start in 11 against Chelsea and I, and I don't think there was any surprises in there I think it's fair to say now that 
that potentially obviously without Steph that that is the, the strongest squad we've got really yeah pretty much so yeah like you say you probably wouldn't have had Steph in there they would have been out there captain on the night as well so that was sort of a leveler it was it was pretty much is our strongest 11 yeah I agree and and there was a, a, quite a few standout players against Chelsea and I mean obviously you've just done the OSC's player of the season so you all know that there's probably been an abundance of players being uh, selected for by fans because but it's just so hard to pick one because everyone again and we've spoke about this again earlier in the season that every player is really playing their part and it's great to see such um, a cohesive team yeah, yeah, that's it. So I don't know who's what, you know, Jane gets the votes for player of the season. I just see the ones sometimes that come in on Twitter DMs and you're right, it's across the, you know, there's been, there's been quite a number of players garnering votes and I don't know who's won yet myself. I look forward to seeing it, but I'm sure whoever it is will earn it. And as you say, it's great to have so many players having good seasons. You know, that's what you want. You know, it's, it's, it's great when someone stands out and you think, oh, they've won player of the year. That's it. End of story. You know, sometimes we've had seasons like that because someone's been so outstanding. I think this season, though, the, the, the team's played so well and so many people within it have played so well. That's what I think that'll please the manager more. You know, the, 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 the team's gelled well. And the team, you know, when certain players have been out, other players have stepped in uh, and played their part. The whole squad, the whole squad have played their part as well. I don't know if we're going to talk about, you know, uh, obviously Gemma going, you know, and things like that. Is, 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 is some people are very disappointed to see that. Let's move on to Gemma then. Obviously, Gemma has departed Man City to join NWSL side racing Louisville on a two-year deal with an optional third year. Gemma moved to the Academy Stadium in June 2018. During her time at the club, almost made 70 appearances across all competitions and helped the team to three trophies, including two Women's FA Cups and one Continental Cup. A player that obviously has com- contributed so much in terms of consistency and, and playing time. You know, she was a, a real regular starting eleven within the squad as well. So it is a real sad loss to, to lose her because obviously she's gone with immediate effect um, and will obviously join the NWSL in the USA. And for me, she's not put a foot wrong. <laughs> it was just mostly no. unfortunate that, you know, she she misses out ahead of, obviously, other players that have come into the squad. You know, Dal Kemper obviously came in in the winter window and, you know, was featured reg- regularly since she picked up that injury. Yeah, you see, I was talking on a podcast with Jude, you know, you know Jude from the OSC, I'm sure you all know, the other day, and she said that there were stages last season where Gemma's stats were higher than all the other defenders that were getting picked for England at the time. You know, Gemma's up to stats were above them all. So Steph and, you know, Millie Bright and Abby McManus, everybody. And she was very unlucky to not be in that England side. Her levels were so consistent, as you've just said. You know, it's such a shame. But she she came to City, as you say, with one trophy over there. She's been very consistent. She was already very experienced when she came to City, of course, because uh, she'd had a good spell at Liverpool. And um, when, they, when they were a good side and had won the league twice... So she's a very experienced player. I just think she's been a little bit unlucky here. I don't think it's a reflection on her, how she's played at all. I think she's a little bit unlucky in the systems that Gareth's played this season. He, he stated that he likes um, Alex Greenwood as, uh, in that centre-half position. Once Demi re-signed her contract for left-back, he's got Demi and he's been her cover has been Esme. So 
not Alex, if you see what I mean. Alex is, is playing more centre-half, which none of us really saw coming, did we? Because when, when Alex was signing, we were thinking, oh, that means we've got two world-class left-backs. But he yeah, seems to have played Alex. There was a doubt as to, obviously, what that meant for Demi in terms of getting into the squad. Was. Yeah, was. I mean, because we were all thinking that the rotation would be between the two left-backs. Left exactly, and a lot of people worried that Demi wouldn't sign a contract, but she has, because... Gareth obviously sees, and I think he stated that he sees Alex's best position as that one centre-half alongside, at the moment, Abby, as you say, who's come in as well, who hasn't put a foot wrong since she's come in either, really. Um, she's fitted straight into, you know, to a new league and a new system, which is great. Uh, or Steph, and those of you have been your three centre-halves almost, and Gemma's been the unlucky one. How, you know, if you look at it, that you've got Aoife Mannion, who's probably going to stay with the versatility that Aoife's got to play across the back four as well, covering right back or centre-halves. Gemma's a bit unlucky. I do honestly think that. I don't think it's a reflection on her, um, her ability or her as a player. I think it's the systems that, that Gareth wants to play. She's yeah. been the unlucky odd one out. It's a shame. Like you say, a lot of us thought it could have been Demi, and it hasn't been. It's just, it just comes as a bit of a surprise because, for me, especially over the last two seasons... I've, that centre-back partnership I've just seen as Steph and Gemma and it's mm. worked you know because I, th- I kind of thought as well you know when we lost Beatty that would be a real hard void to fill because again you know uh, Jennifer was so consistent I think it's such an important partnership you know your communication and and everything uh, that versatility it's so important. It's one of the most important positions in a in a team for me. So mm. I, I kind of felt it was almost going to be hard to fill it. And then Gemma's come in and 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 just done a smashing job. You know what I mean? Everyone was obviously everyone's you know sung her praises since she's come into the club and you know played that part and and done what's asked of her. Up until obviously that injury, it didn't seem like there was any kind of sort of other option obviously Dal Kemper did come in I kind of saw that signing with a view to obviously thinking of sort of next season you know give her time to bed in and and adjust to obviously the environment but you know the professional that she is she's obviously just come into the squad slotted straight in has been fantastic and deserves way more credit I feel than than that of what she's getting at the moment Um, because I think you know she's obviously played alongside Steph she's played alongside Alex Anifa at times and and Esme and and it, and it's works you know and mm-hmm. she's done a great mm-hmm. job. It's, it's difficult sometimes to come in in January as well, isn't it? So yeah, of course, you know. yeah. So it is it is a bit of a strange one, and 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 it was one that I just wasn't expecting either, and I and I don't think anyone was obviously given that she was still in contract with the club. Well, this is it though. When they're negotiating the next contract, maybe maybe Gemma's thought to herself, you know, she feels that she could still good enough maybe to get back in that England team. But for that to happen, she needs to be playing. And yeah. she needs to be playing in weekly, you know, every week. I'm quite surprised that she's gone abroad, if you like, rather than maybe somewhere else in this country. Because, um, but, you know, that's obviously a personal choice. You know, she's, she, you know, I was shocked to see her go as well, because, as you say, such a good player. But um, from I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and maybe look at it from her point of view. that She's gone somewhere where she thinks she can be a leader, um, play every week and really, like, catch the eye. To, to hopefully resurrect that England career, which she's been a bit unlucky not to have more caps than than, than, than yeah. she's got, because her levels are as good as those that, that, that do play for England, and she certainly, you know, wouldn't be out of place in that in, in that company. And there's no two ways about that. 
I know there was a massive clamour, wasn't the last season when you know she wasn't getting picked. Uh, and I'm not having to go at the players that were being picked. It's just that people were saying that Gemma's um, Gemma's stats were so good, you know, she she, she deserved uh, to get back in that squad, and it wasn't happening. So, but yeah, but, but she's been brilliant for City from the minute she came. Yeah, she's absolutely. been great, absolutely brilliant. And obviously, we we wish her all the best at her onward. Yeah, best in the world, but. You know, like I said, it's 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 just come as a bit of a surprise. I think we've had a few surprises this season, obviously with Jill as well and and Karen, yeah. and it'd be obviously interesting to see what happens. You know, come the summer, really, in terms of obviously the squad and those that are committed to the club that has offered that longevity. Obviously, players do want to play minutes, and you know there are a lot of tournaments coming up, a lot of you know a lot mm. on an international sort of level. And, you know, you want to put yourself in contention for those. It is, and I believe KB is playing absolutely brilliant over there as well. So yeah. that's probably why she went there, to put herself, you know, to get herself playing and, you know, saying, I'm still here. I'm still, you know, one of the best goalkeepers around and put herself in the shop window almost for these tournaments yeah. uh, that are coming up. And I believe she's doing that. So you can see exactly why she did, why Jill went to Everton to play, you know, um, with the Olympics coming up and stuff. And she's getting great reviews as well. Everything we've seen in terms of those sort of moves, even with Jill as well, they've all been warranted, you know. I mean, look mm. at sort of how Jill's sort of done at Everton, if you like, and, and the contributions she's made. You know, she's elevated the sort of team and made it a little bit more compact, <laughs> you know, in terms of the team itself. And, you know, she's slotted right in. She's playing regularly. That's just what she wanted. And, and they're performing. And, and like you said, you know, these players at the moment are being watched with, you know, eyes on Tokyo, eyes on, you know, the Euros next year. And, you know, you want to put yourself forward for those. That These are the competitions that players want to, on an individual level, want to be, you know, competing and considered for. So why not? Mm. No, I agree with you. And Everton, without a doubt, I would say Everton are one of the uh, most improved sides Yeah, in the WFL this season. I think you can really see the quality of the players they've brought in, both their experienced players and some of the youngsters, um, Poppy Patterson, and people like that as well. You can see, you know, the improvement in them as a team, yeah. definitely. To where having a, a player like Joe that's veteran, you know, that's got the experience, would mm. be a massive influence on oh, those. Yeah. Younger players as well. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, someone like Jill, who's, who's been there, done it, got everything, worn the t-shirt, done the lot. You know, played in World Cups, everything. You know, yeah, it's astounding, really, when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, the news today that Jane Ludlow, uh, MBE, got to get it in, joins yeah. <laughs> Man City as the girls' academy technical director. Surprising news, but welcomed. I mean. It's great. Her new position will involve her overseeing the development of the club's up-and-coming young players and the talent throughout uh, the, the club. So really exciting. Yes. Yeah, I'm really pleased with it because the, the development squad, the girls' development squad, the season has been... I mean, we follow it on the OSC. We follow, you know, we talk to some of the players and the season has been decimated with COVID, absolutely decimated because they were all in bubbles. They couldn't play. They couldn't play competitive games or even friendlies or, you know, they had to play like within their own bubbles for, for basically till after Christmas, they didn't get a competitive game. Um, and this is such an important time for these young players. This is when they're developing these years. They don't get these years back. It's such an important time for them. You know, they're doing their studies in the classrooms as well at the same time. You know, City run the academies exactly the same as they run the men's academy. Um, but they just 
couldn't get the games. It just wasn't there, and it's such a shame to see them play. But they luckily, um, since some of the left uh, the lockdown restrictions are coming, they've been playing some games, doing well. Um, they've had a couple of heavy defeats here and there, but you know they've been winning. They, they, they won the they won the derby on penalties last last week. Um, they won the week before, and it's great to see them playing back now. Next season, they would hope now to get a full season and a full run. And, and to have someone with Jane, I, whenever I have um, my experience of Jane, other than um, when she was Wales manager, is, is through the television and the commentaries and things like that. And whenever she does that, I always find her really, really interesting and knowledgeable on you know on what's happening on the games and stuff. And so you're talking the vast experience, vast knowledge, and that can only be good for these young players. It can only be good for you know for, for some you know these young players to learn from somebody of that. So, so someone of her knowledge overseeing the development of the teams it, and which directions. It's funny you say that actually, Dave, because I love it when Jane's on comms because I actually learn from <laughs> like yeah. I actually learn things from her because she she views the game from a like a technical viewpoint. So she she'll tell you why they're doing something or we're set up the way we are or what you know what we're trying to achieve by the way yeah. that whoever's playing is, is 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 playing you know and and it's really insightful i mean if and if you've got that kind of guidance and and some someone like that at the helm i mean it's only going to elevate those players games and, and you know you're going to learn and, and so much from somebody like jane ludlow i mean it's yeah yeah it's it's true. She does do that when she's coming. You're right. She does do that more so than a lot of. I mean, some of the commentators and men and women's football they just waffle on, don't they? But you know, she she's all. I always find her quite engaging, um, informative, and, and knowledgeable. I don't profess to know everything about that. You know about her career and everything. But you know, I knew when she was Wales manager. You know, they looked. They saw some of their games as well, and they looked good. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good appointment, and it would be interesting to see how it goes. And I just want to see some stability now for the for the EDS girls, you know, to, to have a good run next season. Because, like I say, they've had such a difficult time this season. It's, it's it's not been good for them. It's not been good for anyone. But you know, it's really affected that you know that their their fixtures, their planning, you know, and their league. And you know, it's such a shame because it's such an important time in the development. So hopefully next season, start you know all the different age groups under one umbrella. Uh, with Jane probably overseeing all of them, I would think, and then different coaches taking each team. So that's, I would imagine that's kind of the setup they'll have. So, I mean, Gareth knows the system because Gareth came through the, the men's system is run pretty much like that. And Gareth was in charge of the 18s uh, before he took the, the job as the women's. And, um, you know, so, the, the, you know, he knows the setups that he, that City run. And, uh, you know, there'll be there'll be a feed line, I would think, hopefully for some of them into the first team eventually. That's That's the ultimate goal to produce these players good enough for the first team. I mean, we've obviously seen mere glimpses of obviously that talent coming through with uh, coming back after the winter break and and those younger players, development squad players being called upon to obviously come up to the, the senior team. Seeing them integrated into that first team sort of setup is really good experience as well for them too. And, and hopefully there'll be more obviously opportunities like that with, I'm assuming that, Obviously, Gareth and Jane will, will be working quite closely together to, to see those players come through to the squad as well in the future. Yeah, I would imagine so. There'll be certain types of players that, you know, they'll want and, and maybe try and develop certain players that they see who could develop in that way. 
you know, to, to develop in that way and bring them through as, as one. And it's like you say, it's great to see them being involved, even if they don't get on the pitch, you know, it's good to see them travelling with the first team. There's a lot less, let's be honest, there's a lot less opportunities um, in the women's game for youngsters to break in and play. You know, like in the men's game, you often see teams can blood players in early rounds of FA Cups, Carling, uh, Carabao Cup games, things like that. Plus the fact there's a lot more league games. You don't have as many opportunities in the women's game. That's just a, you know, it's just a fact. You know, there's not as many fixtures to do it in. So to involve them in the first team squad days has been great. Um, Millie Davis has pretty much been involved in everyone since Christmas. Well, unfortunately, it probably means because of the situation I was talking about before when they're in bubbles, Millie's not been able to then play. Uh, when there was when there was bubbles into in the EDS side, so she's missed out playing almost as such. You know, it's yeah. been a difficult season for things like that. But there's you know the Kara Keating as well. The goalkeeper's been on the bench a few times, and we've seen a few others um, on the on, on the edge of the first team, which is great. So it can only be it can only be good. You can't have too many good players. Enough, we we love a player that comes through the ranks. Every club loves to see a player come through their own. You know, one of their own come through the ranks. Look at Esme, look how she's done well after a year at Everton. You know, she's come back and, you know, she's a first-team squad player now and that's it, end of story. And we were, you know, we used to ask that about Esme. Did we think she was good enough? Did you think she'd make it? She, she's proved that you can do it. The pathway is there. Definitely. Um, Ludwell was speaking, obviously, about uh, her appointment, saying, I'm committed to helping facilitate a creative, positive, le- positive learning environment where both coaches and players can thrive and one that enables them to reach the highest levels of the game. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's all you want to hear, really, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. Of course it is. Um, you want all the, all these big clubs to have these academies running, um, whether it be boys or girls, providing stable educations as well as football education. And then going forward in the future, you know, it's going to produce footballers. Not everyone's going to end up playing for your own team. Obviously, there's too many of them, but you know, you, you produce footballers for you know for, for the future. Um, so yeah, the academy system I think at City is is really good. I think it's really set up well. I mean, look at the facilities; you know, it's just second to none. So yeah, you know, hopefully it will see first team players in the future. I'm sure it will. And Jane's a great appointment to, to oversee it. I think. Only a few games left to play now as a season. I don't know if it feels like the longest season ever <laughs> or whether it's gone by in, yeah. in, a, in a flash. I can't actually decide, but I was actually looking at, obviously, the games that we've got left and obviously the two games, um, like you spoke before, in, mm. in the WSL against uh, Birmingham and West Ham, and then we play West Ham again in the FA Cup. Um, so there's, there's only a matter of weeks left, but... We will at some point obviously reflect on the season, but could you just summarise how you're feeling now, obviously, with the, the run of games we've got left to play? Well, you're right there, Emma. In some ways, it's gone really fast. And in other ways, it's the longest season we've ever known because we're not at the games and it's dragged. So, yeah, it's a good way of putting it, that. Um, well, obviously, like you say, we'll look back at the end, but in, in terms of the three games coming up, obviously, we would probably think the FA Cup game is now the most important because that's still a trophy we, you know, we, that we're in and we want to win again, carrying over into next season. Um, but as I said before, these two league games, we need to win them and we need to win them heavy, um, just in case. Just in, I mean, can you imagine if, if we don't and Chelsea were to slip somewhere and we don't take advantage of it? We'd be kicking ourselves. So I'm sure that's been drummed in. You know, finish the season with record points, record goals, um, 
if it's second place, it's second place again for this season. We'll push on again next season. And as you say, iron out the, the few little kinks this season that have cost us. Um, the FA Cup is important. The FA Cup, you know, we want to we want to win. And hopefully, if we get back to Wembley next season, we might even be able to go. The West Ham Cup game is vitally important at the end of the season. Yeah, we want to win that one. It's been a horrible season because just purely because we can't go. You know, from a fan's point of view, we hate not going. I kind of feel as though, you know, the game against Chelsea at, at, at the Academy last week, the fans can affect and help those sort of games as well, you know, to carry those. I mean, not that they needed it because I think they've shown real intent right up until the last minute. But, you know, sometimes the fans behind you, it kind of helps. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, can you imagine what it would have been like in there at 2 all with, ten, you know, 10 minutes to go? You know, it would have been like last season in the 3 all. you know, it would have been deafening. It would have been fantastic. The, the atmosphere would have been unbelievable. You know, and it's not the only game this season. Imagine the derby. Yeah. You know, you know, both derbies, you know, so we all, you know, it's been a great, well, I've enjoyed the season. I've enjoyed watching them. I've enjoyed watching our new players, um, you know, and everything. But it's, it's also been frustrating because we want to be there. We want to be watching them, you know, in, in the flesh. And we've missed that. We've all missed that because it's what we do. Hopefully, Dave, we've not got to wait much, <laughs> not, not much longer. <laughs> Hopefully, hey. fingers crossed. I was thinking to myself today, I don't know if I'm mean, not seeing this confirmed or anything, are they going to carry on having a charity shield, a community shield? We should be up for being in that, I would have thought, if we finished second, because yeah. we're the FA Cup winners, aren't we? We're the yeah. current FA Cup holders. I would like, I, I would love, I, well, I, I can't see that they, you know, bring it in and then take it yeah. away. It, it, you know, it, it would be nice to have that little showpiece game that, that little friendly before the season starts. That could be, and, could be our yeah. first. I've, honestly, I've not seen any mention of it or anything, so that's oh, just in I, my own head that I've thought of that. But I thought, what does that mean we're going to be in the Community Shield at Wembley at the start of the season? Hopefully. Fingers we'll, crossed. We will find out, I suppose, in due course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, you know what the FA is like? They like to leave us hanging on. <laughs> well, they might tell us on the Thursday night before the game, is that yeah, what you say? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, so much for joining me on this week's show. Uh, always a pleasure to chat to you. Have a great week and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yeah, and you, Emma. Thank you very much. See you. And that's it for this week. Thanks to Dave for joining me on this week's show. Sunday's game against Birmingham will be available to watch live via the BBC Red Button. Kickoff is 3pm. And from today, Friday the 30th of April at 3pm until Monday the 3rd of May at 11.59pm, we'll be joining in solidarity with the social boycott against the unacceptable abuse that we see online. Therefore, social account, our social accounts will remain inactive across this bank holiday weekend. And should you wish to get in touch with us, we're going to go old school. Our email address is mcwfancast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.